0: Bet you came here to hear about art Well, sorry, my friend, that's not what
1: we're about So sit back, grab a drink, and hear us talk Let's hope that by the end We'll all be drunk
0: Hi there Hi there How's it going? Well, yeah uh, How is it the end of July? Where are we? Who are you? What? who I am I? I no idea. <laughs> time is so... Time is fake. Time is fake. Um, But not time fake enough fake. to get us out of this gosh darn year.
1: Maybe that's the precise reason why it's fake. Oh. Ooh, I like this theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> wow. Time is fake. Life is fake. What's going on? Who the fuck knows <laughs> at this point? Uh, but... Welcome to Bet You Wish This Was An Art Podcast. I'm Elena. And I'm Stephanie. And yeah, here we are. I
0: sat down <laughs> to record this episode and I immediately got hit with a wave of tired. Um, but it's so nice to be back.
1: It is. It is very nice.
0: We're sorry about last week. Everything should be okay from now on, but life is fluid and perplex, and we are only human.
1: Yes, we are. The website that we promised is in the works currently. Uh, we weren't able to publish it, sadly, last week. But we will work on it as fast as we possibly can and try to get it to you. We so. are
0: actually working on a website so. now, though. So progress from our previous yeah, yeah. promises. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's in the works it's already, it already has, like, certain things mm-hmm. going for it, and it's lovely. You're going we're gonna to love, love it. guys.
0: We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about the website at the end of the episode, but, um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Uh, we, we, we were going to talk about this last time, but then we got an extra week to do research for it, so, uh... <laughs> So, so buckle up, Buttercup. Uh, <laughs> we are in for a real uh, capital T treat for, for this week. Indeed we are. What are we talking about? We are going to talk about um, a fantastic post that we saw on Instagram from user disintegration.loops at Instagram uh, who, who had a fantastic post on the aesthetics of revolution. Thank you, Sam, for recommending this topic to us. Uh, we'll we'll have it on the posts, obviously, but um, give it a give it a look over while uh, when you get a chance. The disintegration loops also has a fantastic series of other posts, including um, memes like this that televised the revolution on the image essayist, and one of my favorites, which is how social media platforms limit mutual aid, uh, like. How we typically do um, article discussions is how we're going to approach this current post. But know that this is a small part of a much larger concept. And we are going to try to do this as concisely and as uh, respectfully as I think we can.
1: Yeah, we're gonna dip our toe into it. And this is only just... The tip of the iceberg that we're gonna try to sum up for you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good ride. So let's get into so, it. So
0: on the aesthetics of revolution.
1: Aesthetics. What do we know about aesthetics? So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we know that like an aesthetic is, is essentially how you define what, what a subsect of figs looks like, how it makes you feel, what, what energy it's trying to bring to the party, essentially. Yeah. Like the, the actual definition of aesthetic is, uh, concerned with beauty or the appreciation of beauty, uh, which is another contested issue because what is beauty, quote unquote beauty? But for the sake of, like... Subjective. Exactly. So for the sake of this topic to begin with, we're already dealing with very subjective terms. In order for revolutionary messages packed in aesthetics to be disruptive, should they be made to disrupt common aesthetic tastes? Should they be made ugly, for lack of a better term? Or is their content regarding the... Like regardless of aesthetic framing or is their content, regardless of aesthetic framing, enough to ward off performative responses, specifically in this context to ward off corporations. But I'm I think it it can go beyond just is capitalism going to get its dirty hands on it?
1: It always goes a bit beyond that, I think, <laughs> as much as capitalism wants it not to.
0: Um, and in that context, the use of aesthetics um, in the spread of revolutionary messages is important to consider, um, because aesthetics have always played an important role in political movements. Art is political, after all. Having political art, you're calling to the larger message, like the, the larger message of what you're actually trying to talk about
1: art is political it has always been mm-hmm. people deny it but well <laughs> well well and especially when it comes to like revolution and the art produced during revolution for either propaganda purposes or for uh, spreading the word etc um, it's very r- deeply rooted into the concept of revolution itself and what the revolution is about um and well, one of the uh, most standout example for a very defined aesthetic of a revolution would be uh, during the Arab Spring. yeah let's just get into what Arab Spring was and is yeah kind of still is if you look at Arab winter. Basically, the Arab Spring was uh, this uh, slew of uh, protests that started in Tunisia. And then it spread in different Arab countries like Egypt, like mm-hmm. uh, Libya and Yemen and Bahrain and Syria. And then then spread even further with like smaller demonstrations. And it was basically an uprising against uh, the government They were to depose the rulers and um, to stop the social violence or, well... Yeah,
0: to stop the riots, the civil wars, the insurgencies.
1: Basically. It started as peaceful protests, but it turned violent when the force was used against them. And then also, like, it led to a lot of civil wars, which are still going on and are still leading to them. In different countries uh, of the Asian countries and yeah. Northern African countries c- classified as Arab, sure. by by the internet's terms, and basically Arab Spring uh, had the slogan that uh, the people want to bring down the regime, and this regime uh, was how how to say um, totalitarian, totalitarian. Yep. <laughs> One of the main factors of Arab Spring, I didn't say when it was, it was during, it was in 2010 that it started in Tunisia, and it went on for a few years, and then it turned into Arab Winter, which is still going on to this day, and a big part that played in uh, Arab Spring was social media, and how the word was spread Really, really quickly. Because we have instances of revolutions before, of course, there's been revolutions as long as there's, there has been, uh, people (laughs) probably. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Any, any
0: civilization has experienced some form of revolution, be it their own or others. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Um, but with the one difference that it was, uh, with this revolution, was it was during the time when social media was like very prominent in day-to-day lives and this caused the the word to spread like really quickly all across the world and everyone knew what was going on this led to more more uprisings in different places and it played a big part in the continuation of this uh, revolution and into the bringing about of the eventual downfall of a bunch of governments that these countries were protesting against. Wait, I lost the sentence. What was going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it led to the downfall of the governments from these countries. That's what That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Basically, a lot of different countries with a lot of different languages uh, and cultures, and you you can spread the word, but there's no, like, quote-unquote international language-ish. Well, there's English, but not everyone knows English. Come on. (laughs) Don't tell that to Americans. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell that to Americans. Yeah, the the most universal uh, thing that everyone knows, that everyone can understand, is art. These people used art to spread the word about what was going on and what they were fighting for. So uh, like the aesthetic and the art had a big part in this revolution and revolutions ever since then because social media is kind of also connected to that. Yeah. To creating a space where this artistic message, this artistic slash revolutionary message can be can be spread really, really quickly. So, of course, people utilize it. And of course, this gained a lot of traction. This gained a lot of attention, caused a lot of riots in different places. And it created this aesthetic for revolution that we wanted to to kind of get into in this episode. Basically, there were different phases of uh, revolution protests going on. Uh, in Tunisia. Let's start with that because that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. December 2010, there were large protests and it was mostly, uh, like I said before, started peacefully but turned violent because of lethal force In uh, the end resulting in a lot of protesters being killed. And during this phase, the images and the aesthetics that were being circulated was basically journalistic photographs of stone throwing youths and the victims of police gunfire. This was how people found out what was going on, and they used these images as kind of like look at these heroes kind of thing. Yeah. They were kind of compared to freedom fighters in, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the kind of the first phase of protests, and then there came another phase the aesthetics during this time began to change they started creating images to spread around and tunisian flag was kind of like the main feature of these images and then after this they realized tunisians realized that the movement was much more powerful and that it could actually uh, end up overthrowing the uh, the government Um, and spoiler alert it did and (laughs) (laughs) and during this time the rise there was a rise in uh, aesthetic of like celebration and celebratory uh, art and celebratory messages and flag was still in it but context was more shifted from shame and outrage to pride and celebration. Exactly. So this is kind of to show that even during a a single instance of revolution in one country can be so uh, diverse, the aesthetic, I mean, of, of said revolution. It can have so many different messages from one from one part to another it can lead to different stuff it can change it can develop and that's part of what we're here to talk about today because
0: it's it feels like one of those things um that is a very primal part of our shared experience is that we want to to create things that other people can understand and the best and the most immediate and the most um instinctual way for us is to create art around it to exactly to, to share what we're going through and to make a point because so much of this was directly the result of Arab Spring you know so so yeah. much of it was we are here yeah. to protest what is happening and therefore we will be creating art to demonstrate whether we liked the result of the elections or not or whether the fact that we want to talk about the 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 divisions between us that are creating a more religiously charged government. The the power of photojournalism lies in the fact that like you're stimulating the general public (laughs) the general public unconsciousness, you know? You're you're getting to the very nature of what these images are. And and where it's interesting, where it's dangerous, where it Where it's compelling is in these parts where you, where you're first meeting the images for the first, like when you're meeting the images for the first time, because in that you have so, you have to do so much work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because social media is a global platform. And because social media offers access to every corner of the world that has access to it, to the internet, you as an individual are experiencing new information from places in the world that you may never go to. You are learning about people and culture and experiences, not through history, but through day to day interactions. And better still, you are learning it through their art and whatever has gone viral. And whatever the internet has curated for you today, it's part of the reason I think that, like, you see that social media is one of the ways that governments try to inhibit protests, where like they'll shut down certain sites as a government, they'll shut down certain sites, or they'll block internet services entirely. You, you see that in yeah. China, even you see that in you saw that in Libya and Egypt and Yemen. You saw that in. Uh, Jordan and the Sudan you see that like used fairly prominently because like you said it the the power behind it
1: (laughs) is information gives people
0: power power. and the more you have access to it the more accessible you make that information the more people can learn. And and that is part of the reason why using, using something that doesn't require a language barrier or something that overcomes the language barrier is so important.
1: Yeah. And Arab Spring was kind of like the beginning of the, these kinds of uh, movements where social media was utilized to spread the word there was this article i read that basically said political art is almost always driven by one of two mentalities the questioning of authority and a desire to call out corruption or the desire to advocate on behalf of a political entity often in the form of propaganda or idealization
0: well um like in arab spring art was used in a way to represent be unrepresentable, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it certainly did. And not only like photographs were spread, but also, for example, images by cartoonists, um, different art pieces, different murals or street art. Street art especially was very prominent and still is as a form of protest and as a form of uh, political art artists were very involved in uh, Arab Spring and um, very involved in spreading the message and there were uh, people who uh, artists who eventually escaped from these protests out of fear for their own lives or people who stayed behind and decided to continue their work there who were later either killed or arrested or etc. But these people used their platforms and used their artistic vision to um, create works that resonated with people and resonated with what they believed and what they were protesting against. And that's the power that art can give people, especially when these, this artist made for this specific thing and this artist made for the people, and people see that and consume that, and appreciate that, and it works on them in a deeper emotional level. So following
0: that concept of using social media, um, we're seeing a lot now in the context of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, as it's been going on for the past decade, um, where you have activists and creators of color who pioneer the use of graphics on in many slideshows on Instagram or on Twitter or on TikTok um, to educate people on important issues. Uh, Gen Z, for example, has utilized memes to spread information and strategy. K-pop fans, you have spamming racist Twitter feeds with face cams to display of blocking racists. Um, and that comes into to the use of memes as a form of revolutionary art. Because in the, especially in the past five years, we see a lot more of, of people using the, the one thing that we're, we're all becoming familiar with and the thing that we're using in our vernacular as, oh, this is, this is art that you see on the internet. This is, this is our form of creative aesthetic and, and using that to, to capture Current events, the <laughs> the the amount of um COVID specific memes that I see, or the the all cops are bastards one, are also great. It's it's a specific matter of we're trying to tell you what's happening through readily digestible aesthetic,
1: yeah, humorous, yeah, aesthetic. which
0: is completely valid and a part of the 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 collective consciousness that we're engaging with because there's, there's a reason why we're making it. And there's a reason why we're consuming it. There are also then examples like um, conversely, there are then examples of how memes and aesthetics are being used to commodify tragedy or to um, obfuscate, to, 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 to to take away from the message, if you will, because if you, (laughs) because if, if everyone if every corporation put up a black square to, uh, in honor and in remembrance of, and in order to create space, well, what are they actually doing? Is it performative or is it genuine? Where's the sincerity? Is there sincerity? Are you are you being sincere when you just post a uh, a meme? Maybe, probably, but do you know what you're doing and do we know what we're doing when we make... Uh, art history memes. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting to think about from the perspective of how are you responding to the things that you're seeing. Do you consider these memes to be revolutionary aesthetics?
1: Yeah, it's a question to consider, definitely.
0: I mean, it's like everyone who posts a meme and then immediately underneath it, it's... Now that I have your attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, or even the other way around, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like capture your attention with something, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, do this." <laughs> uh,
0: During these trying times, uh, <laughs> buy our shit. Now that I have your attention, <laughs> give us money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and there are many things in regards to this. You have several issues, right? Uh, for example the use of memes to bring attention to Brianna Taylor's murder. Her murderers have still not faced any legal action. Uh, This has shown horrific detail on how destructive non-black meme creators can use their aesthetics and not even maliciously. I think that's another issue is that it's not necessarily malicious. Um, But writer Hanaya uh, wrote a brilliant piece on how like white Gen Z Or Gen Z specifically is using humor to cope with this. Yeah. For example, they write, these posts bring users in by handling them in a familiar joke format. But instead of the punching bag being the punchline being a joke about depression or self-deprecation, we instead see that it's a call for justice for Brianna. And at the center of these jokes, there's a semblance of goodwill. It is clear that these people are trying to bring, them, uh, bring about awareness. However, it is also incredibly inappropriate at the same time to forego the gravity of her situation for a few retweets. It seems that movements such as Black Lives Matter, All Cops Are Bastards, Defund the Police, and so on, have all landed in this awkward placement as joke fodder for privileged people. No white Gen Z. You don't need humor to cope with racism. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: so, good. it's so good. The last line is the title of the article that you could go ahead and read if you yeah. are more interested in seeing.
0: Um yeah. and I think that's another part of it. Um another quote that this uh article has brought up again, but I've seen a lot of is the um the Tony Cade um Bambetta quote that the, the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. But even that isn't
1: the full quote. But even this is taken out of context. Like all good quotes. Basically, what she writes in her, um, or what she says in her interview uh, with Kay Bonetti, uh, and this is uh, an interview that was in 19... 19- uh, 82. And she says, and I quote, the task of the artist is determined always by the status and process uh, and agenda of the community that it already serves. If an artist who identifies with who springs from, who is served by or drafted by a bourgeois capitalist class, then that's the kind of writing you do. Then your job is to maintain status quo, to celebrate exploitation, or to guise it in Uh, some lovely romantic way. That's your job. As a cultural worker who belongs to an oppressed people, my job is to make the revolution irresistible. And then she continues to go on to say, but I think for any artist, your job is determined by the community you're dealing with. But uh, in this country, she's speaking of the united states we're not encouraged and equipped at any particular time to view things that way and so the artwork or the art practice that sells a capitalist ideology is considered art and anything that deviates from that is considered political propagandist polemical or didactic strange weird subversive or ugly my god so good
0: (laughs) um (laughs) It's so good. Uh, it basically sums it yeah. all up, and how even in yeah. the the post itself that we're talking about, and the, the the concept of who we are in talking about this, that the quote really starts to consider anyone who is trying to create art or to to create graphics and aesthetics to surround the uh, the movement currently because. What it really means is that you have to define what it means to make this kind of content in this current moment and what we're really trying to communicate through anything that we post. Because all, all of social media is inherently performative. But I and you and the creator of all of this also believes that a lot of good can come from this and a lot of good has come from this kind of work. It's just a matter of are you what questions are you asking? where Where are your ethics? or more, more are you listening to people? Yeah. Oh, that for sure are
1: you taking in what's that happening? Sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: who are you trying to reach? What are you trying to do with your work? Yeah. What are you yeah. trying to do as a as an individual brand in all of this?
1: what is your place what is your
0: place what do you want your place to be how do you want to serve those yeah. who are who are currently trying to do more are you do you want to help those who are trying to do more um it's complicated because it's
1: exhausting it is exhausting because public perception changes a lot yeah and you have to keep up with it and you have to stay up to date and you have to uh, constantly make an effort to better yourself and to uh, educate yourself and yeah try to go along with the times and what people are asking of you and what people need from you and it it is hard but it's necessary this is the time where this is the time where we live where Everything is public, where people's opinions matter a lot, and people's opinions can do a lot for um, for the future of your existence, basically. Um, and you should stay aware of what's going on, and you should keep yourself informed. And it's basically what, what we've been uh, saying and advocating since the beginning. Try to open your eyes and try to open your mind to changing your behavior that might be might be hurtful
0: part of it is also so many people are currently creating educational materials they are they're spending the time either on Twitter to go through long uh, threads explaining certain events or they're on Instagram and they're creating these gorgeous um, infographics like the one that we discussed. Or, um, or they're on TikTok and they're doing quippy videos about history lessons that affect us today. All of these creators are doing this as a part of coping and also as a part of educating. And several things can go behind that sharing their work is a part of it. The more eyes that see it, the, the better that that message or that, educa- that information can be spread another thing is to like to support the artist by following them or by promoting their work or by even shooting them a few like a few bucks on to their PayPal the the support that we have to do is so much bigger than one individual like or one retweet and I know that's tough because there are a hundred other things that we are currently doing at once but that is part of it is that it is also your responsibility as somebody who engages with this content to give it the respect it warrants and to yeah. to help all of us have access to that information. Yeah. I like the um the concept of Herbert Marcus's argument the the aesthetic dimension leftist theorist Herbert Marcus argued that art housed an exiled divine spark the image of human liberation, and the sublimation of human rebellion, which breaking its bonds could inspire the most radical transformation of life ever achieved. Marcus believed that art promises resistance to societal repression and that cultural revolution is necessarily connected to a political or social revolution. Uh, For him, art, like the promise of art, is transcendence. It can only be fulfilled with a conceptual independence from society. But this independence is accessible through a host of media, that the successful artist will attain truth, quote, 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 truth in his work through detachment, and that this art becomes more utopian and therefore symbolic of a longing of fulfillment uh, rather than complacency. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's idealistic, but I think that's the point. You know, I think I think that we need to be shooting for bigger than what we can immediately interact with because we are trying to make big changes. Yeah, I mean,
1: revolution is inherently uh, idealistic in yeah. the first place. That's where it comes from. And seeing a better future, seeing that people can do better and that people deserve better following that idea of let's idolize our our futures and strive towards it and if we have to overthrow the government in the meantime why not why not, why not? let's do it it's it, it's a it's a good time for that i i have an hour that's free in we the meantime
0: <laughs> just make art and continue what you've been doing um many of you have probably noticed that uh black lives matter and everything is kind of uh, no longer trending on your popular social media platforms. But that doesn't mean it's gone away. And that doesn't mean that it's not it's not still a global issue. The, no, the, and
1: <laughs> Yeah, people are still protesting and people are still uh, in this mindset. So don't think that, oh, since it's, it has died down, I can start behaving badly no. again. No. Just fix just because yourself. nobody's
0: talking about the secret police in Oregon doesn't mean that the Gestapo isn't literally in Portland right now. <laughs> doesn't mean that the National Guard isn't just willy-nillying arresting American citizens. Doesn't mean that the pandemic isn't mm. still in full swing. Doesn't mean that uh certain governments around the world are declaring uh, gay rights as more dangerous than communist thought doesn't mean, it's... (laughs)
1: Life Life is frustrating.
0: Don't be discouraged by it being frustrating. I understand that the people who we're talking about, like, people who we're were talking to understand, but a lot of it is also, the, the value isn't how beautiful something is the value isn't how quickly was something made. The value is what information is being spread. Is it disinformation or is it an honest, genuine attempt to educate? And in this day and age, in yeah. an era of misinformation, where the "quote unquote" fake news of the world is as <laughs> um, is as rampant as it is prominent, we have to yeah. we have to be better about not getting passive about it
1: yeah we have to take responsibility of our own education and of our own research not everyone will give you the truth on the internet we know this so please if you see something double check and fact check fact check to
0: your heart is content um We, we acknowledge that we have a bias and we acknowledge that we have a, um, a perspective in this matter and that we're also, we, we relieve a lot of our stress through humor and through, uh, tongue in cheek sarcasm, but, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, so our approach and our perspective should also be taken with a grain of salt and if we say something that makes you think or if we make something that uh doesn't that doesn't make sense to you we encourage that you uh research it as well you know we're we're two people we can only do so much and we're doing uh what we can to bring you the whole picture but when it comes to things like aesthetics and revolution or the aesthetics of the revolution that's still tough
1: it's a very broad subject in the in the beginning from the beginning we're only just two people we try to do our best with providing you as much information as we possibly can but still try to if you want to find out more please do and and we encourage you to and if you find something that we said that was incorrect or um, problematic or anything in in that area, please let us know, and we will hear you out.
0: We are we're learning alongside you for so much of this. We are going through all of it with you, and uh, is our promise. And we're also <laughs> yelling about art in the meantime because art is political.
1: It is political, and it's not neutral.
0: Museums aren't neutral, guys. Ugh! <laughs> But in the meantime, we will continue to engage in social media and we will consume content and we will curate content that helps us see a bigger picture. And we encourage you to do the same. Yeah,
1: yeah. you can follow us on Instagram at BYWRPod. Or
0: on Twitter at BYWRPod.
1: And you can also message us on our email at BYWRPod at gmail.com. You can find us. And our new website is coming up Yay. soon that I'll will also you
0: know. be bywartpod.com artpod.com yeah. uh, yes. so you can make that your homepage <laughs> for now and when it comes out you'll uh, be first to see it yes
1: and do you you do well? Well.
0: thank you guys we understand this is a lot of information we understand that the, the world is a big scary place but we are in it together and we only want to see you succeed please do not touch yes, we your are. face wear a mask <laughs>
1: Ugh. And Tiddy when it out. in doubt, bye to the <laughs> Bye. <laughs>